and welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Missed anything yesterday? Podcast it there. You did not miss Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com yesterday as we were having studio audio issues. And we have, uh, well, we have repaired those. And so Scott will join us 7.30 this morning on Rock 106.9. I'm joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, listen to this. Okay. Rock 106.9 will be presenting the 2018 iHeartRadio Alt or Ego Show. An alt-rock show for music fans just like you. We're going to announce the lineup and let you know how to get your tickets. That will be next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. There will be a roadblock announcement right in the middle of New Turd Tuesday, so we probably won't be doing that because Nikki Six will take six minutes to tell you that <laughs> REM is going to play the rock show. Uh, it's What is it? The alter ego? The, the alt or ego, but he, ego? no, okay. I like this, right? Okay. I I love this, and and I know I'm kind of like taking a jab at the company. That's just kind of what I do. But ultimately, this is very very smart. I have felt for a while that those iHeart Radio music festivals and award shows or whatever kind of ignore the rock scene. They they just kind of do. Uh, now, yeah, I think it's fair to say. Now, iHeart Media, you might want to continue to do these. You know, before Chester Bennington dies, <laughs> before before Chris Cornell dies. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe that's what did it. Maybe they were like, dude, before we lose Dave Grohl, seriously, is Anthony Kiedis still alive? Can we get him? <laughs> Anthony Kiedis, Dave Grohl, give me the dude from Stone Sour, Corey Taylor. Right. Give me those three. Put them up. I I don't know who the lineup is. No, we, we won't. Do not. We, we do not. We'll not know until next week. But I would imagine that it's it's going to be. A fastball right down the middle. My guess is it will be the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I would, I would think. I mean, I don't think it's too much of an assumption to think that the Foo Fighters will be a part of it. Chili, I mean, Chili Peppers seem like oh the right god. Call. I mean, dude, you would think, you would think Anthony Kiedis pays us to play records. You would think. <laughs> you, I mean, you would think. Uh, that. I wonder if they'll go a little bit. Uh, what do I want to say? More alty. Um, if it's going to be more alty, if it's going to be more rocky, I, I, I think Avenged Sevenfold's a possibility, Ooh. right? I yeah, I got a new record coming out. Right? I think that's a very real possibility. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they go older, if they go newer. You know, there's there's alternatives, a very broad umbrella. Yeah, I, I thought that too when I saw it. I was like, all right, well, is it the Afghan wigs or is it Foo Fighters? Like, what are you like? How are you doing that? Maybe a little bit of both there. Wouldn't Maybe be the worst. You know, a couple day festival there, a couple different alternative acts. Yeah, they're doing like an all rock alt show, and it's going to be awesome. I would imagine. I am a little bit surprised though that uh, that they use the term um, alt. Why is that? Uh, oh, the alt right. The alt right. It just feels to me like somebody somewhere in the meeting would have been like, guys, let's call it something else. Wow, I never thought of that, but yeah, good point. Not because now that you've said it, it's all I can think. Right, and like eventually, it's going to the people are going to add that up. And now, listen, is that like, oh my god, I can't believe they called it that? No, no. it's coincidence, one hundred percent. But still. A, a, a glaring enough, you know, issue there where to me, if I was in that meeting, I'd have been like, oh, guys, guys, maybe guys. not that. That's why I'm not allowed in the meetings. <laughs> you know, fans, what, good sorry, ideas. Go, good ideas is why you're not allowed. Yeah, no, they don't like us in they, meetings they, at all. They don't. No, it's because we're going to raise questions and we're going to say, well, wait a minute. Maybe you don't do that. And it, it exposed. We exposed issues and we they don't <laughs> they don't like that. So no, yeah, I probably you're probably not going to any meetings no, anytime soon. I wouldn't assume so. How are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, the only thing I can really report on yesterday, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but kind of in the middle of the between the ten and eleven hours, Sainsbury and I usually leave at about eleven, and I very abruptly left. And the reason why, um, my girlfriend called me and she's like, "Babe," and I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "I'm at work," and I think I'm like passing a kidney stone, and I'm like, "Oh." 
Utah. Ooh. You'll remember on the Stansberry show, oh, it was probably yeah. about two years ago, Stansberry. A little over, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, past the kidney stone, essentially live on, on the air. air. Like, it was moving in you, and that's what I think my girlfriend was going through, too. She's had one, and it was probably a couple of years ago at this point, Um, but she was like, can you come get me? And I'm like... Yeah, what am I going to do? Yeah, you, have to. you know, what am I going to do? Sure. Leave you there. Uh, so it, it was just one of those days where I didn't necessarily expect having her home and kind of sick, but there was a little bit of like, you know, Nurse Fantone had to put on his uh, his little uh, his little smock and go take care of the woman there. I um, that hurts like hell. Yeah, I felt terrible for her. I did. She uh, she said to me, she's like, I'm glad I'm having them and you're not. And I'm like, well, me too. <laughs> like, right. Like, of course I am. My buddy, I was having dinner Friday night with my buddy Jamie and his wife Melina, and she's had them. Right. And she said to me, she goes, oh, you've had one of those. Right. And I said, yeah. She goes, well, congratulations. And she would know. She says, you now know what it's like to go through labor. She's like, it's the exact same pain. And I thought, I was like, wow, I always thought having a baby would be much worse. And she's like, nah. She goes, it's about the same. She's like, so that's what was happening. So in, while I was in your car, buddy, uh, being driven to the, uh, you know, the, the emergency room or whatever the hell it is, the, uh, you know, the urgent care, I was passing a kid. Just having a baby out of you. Yeah, uh, she swears. She goes, it's the same exact pain. Um, You know, and I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky in the fact that I haven't had them, but it seems inevitable just drink because. Drink less coffee. Well, dude, it, it, like my dad gets them and I'm like, oh, well, that's it. It's over for Are me. they hereditary I like that? I don't know, but I, anything that my dad has, I'm always like, well, dude, there, there it goes. Same so hairline. Same, same, exact everything. <laughs> same, same thing. All your boys missing is, is, is like a must stash and maybe another inch or two on the belly and all of a sudden it's like yep living the exact same life as my father any minute now on the belly though you know what i mean <laughs> been living with the girlfriend a couple of years on, girl, that's that how it goes that's right fat there. and happy right there uh, what's oh. the story with you what do you got going on well i don't have kidney stones thank god <laughs> i uh, do i so it's okay <laughs> thank god she's got health insurance that was ten thousand dollars you know what i mean that thank so thank god on that um dude i went and, so my buddy lost his phone on the uh on a golf course, yes, like two days ago, and he's like, dude, let's go play golf and see if we can find it. I was like, dude, it's been a day and a half. Okay. Like, if nobody turned it in, we're not finding it. Yeah. So we went out to the Elms, and we played uh, played a few holes out there Try yesterday. Man, I, uh, I'm i not going to hit a golf ball for a week. Really? No. Really? No. What happened? It's just not good. Just not, just not, I mean, was something mental? Was it something I, physical? I, I think it's a little mental. I think, uh, I, I'm like, most of my problems are mental. I, um... You know, I always equate it to like it's like losing the password to your, you know, your computer. You know, you know it, but when you're typing it in, maybe the all caps button is on, maybe this is on, maybe something's wrong, maybe it, maybe it's, oh no, it's right, I forgot, I switched it last right. week. It's like one of those things. I know, I know it, but standing over it, I feel lost. And so I, I just said at the end of the round yesterday, I was like, I'm taking a week away because my buddy, actually, our buddy Dustin said to me two weeks ago, he's like, did you ever think maybe you play too much? And maybe that's what it is. And I was like, well, no, I never thought of that until just now, but maybe. And so it's a week now. Yeah, you do. You put yourself in these weird golf, like, there's, it's times of, 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 of feast or famine for you sometimes. Well, where like- I just don't enjoy things. Like, I don't, I don't enjoy much. I really don't. I don't enjoy much. I want to have more interests. But I find most things to be awful and i find most people to be an incredible bore and so like i do i'm sorry i wish i didn't but i do i just how i feel about stuff i want to be more involved in stuff but i hate the actions and i don't like the people and so there's just there's a few things that i can get into and so when i find something i'm all in on it and so it's just like it's i feel like i'm wasting my afternoons away when i don't do stuff but I'm going to have to waste a few afternoons away because I just can't. I, I, I honestly, yesterday, I was so disheartened yesterday 
when we left. I just could not, could not handle it. We do have a pair of tickets for Vince Neal, 830. We'll give you those. A pair of tickets for the Ghoul Brothers, uh, which is a haunted house. I believe Akron is where that is, right? Correct. We'll do those around 945 this morning. Scott from winningfornextyear.com joins the show at 730. And a Dolphins coach gets fired for something really stupid. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, 830. When you're way into the Vince Neal show, that show taking place in January up at the Hard Rock Rock Casino. Those tickets do not go on sale for another three days. Does Vince Neal have solo stuff or is it just... Oh, yeah. Okay, he's got his own... Oh, yeah. There was a a solo record. I, I don't know how many, but I know, well, going all the way back to like 94... Vince Neal opened up for Van Halen at Blossom. My buddy got so hammered he actually slept through Vince Neal. Sounds about right. And uh, but yeah, no, there is some solo stuff. But he'll he's going to do a bunch of the crew. Like the press release says, he's doing all the crew stuff. Right, I would assume so. I mean, it's not like he's going on the Vince Neal solo tour. Right? I'm just surprised Nikki lets him do that. I because uh, do Vince didn't write any of that stuff. Nikki wrote all that stuff. That's probably a little bit of like. Thanks, bro. Right, like a little bit of, of maybe you know maybe you it's know just normally when it comes down to money. He wants a little piece of that. People get sketchy. So yesterday we were uh, making you aware of a video that was making its rounds of a Lakers like preseason game. And two white students poured beer on black men for kneeling during the anthem. And so I posted the video. And dude, listen to one of these comments. Okay. Just listen to how awful this is. Okay. And the fact that somebody took the time to write this. They didn't say it to somebody at work. They went to a keyboard and wrote it. A, those dudes look Muslim. B, good for those girls. C, if I see you kneeling, I'm stomping your ass in the ground no matter who you are. Jeez. Uh, dude, Jeez. I got to tell you. I am so happy I don't carry around that kind of anger. Like, I, I mean, dude, I'm an angry person. I'm quick to my anger. But I'm not just walking around filled with, like, that. Like, when I read that this morning, there was a little bit of me that's like, and I don't want anybody taking this the wrong way. But sometimes I feel bad about myself for the fact that, dude, I entertain people like that. Uh, like, you, sometimes I feel like, dude, what am I doing? Am I putting more harm into the world than good? Like, what am I doing? You don't get to pick the audience. And yeah, I know that. It's just, it's hard to separate that, sometimes. That's, that's, that's unfair on, on you, me, or any other person, or, or really any other, like, TV show, any brand that's a part of something like I'm not this. responsible for you're them. Not, I get that. Not, yeah, I know. Not. It's just sometimes it's hard to separate. And like anything else, we've said this about a million different things, that you, no matter how big of a, or you get a group of people together and there's going to be some awful ones in there. Sure. Um, Don't feel too bad about yourself. That's their, that's their hang-up, not yours. I got plenty of stuff to feel bad about. feel bad about, <laughs> you know I mean? not feel bad about that. Let's not add this one. So another video making its rounds yesterday, and actually a couple of them have been taken down. I found another one, just posted it for you at WRQK.com. It's about this Dolphins offensive line coach, I believe it was, yeah. who I didn't understand this until this morning. Like He took this video himself Correct. and sent it to a woman and um, he was doing drugs in the office. We actually have the audio from that video. Let's take a listen. Hey, babe. Miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting? Okay, so they're not dating anymore, right? As far as I know, no. They're, they're broken up. So this is the I miss you, I wish we were still together video. And for some reason, we're going to snort lines during that. Hey, babe. Miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? I'm about to go into a meeting and doing this before I go. And he's snorting cocaine or a white powder substance. Could be meth. There's those big grains falling. 
He said those are those big grains falling. Yeah. So he didn't chop it up enough. No, he didn't have a mirror. I think this was just on his desk. So I think this wasn't. Uh, Everybody knows you lay the ID flat. flat on top of the pile and go and and wax on, wax off circles. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, crazy uh, indeed. It's gonna be a while before we can do this again, because I'm not gonna keep that baby. But I think about you when I do it. I think about how much I miss you, how high we got together, how much fun it was. So much fun. Last little bit before I go to the meeting. Is that a up here? Wow. I think not. I wish I was looking at this. <laughs> wow. Um, wishes he was looking that the way he lit. Yeah, I think you. I think everybody knows where he's going there. So what happened was this woman then released the video. Right. Because she was making the point of, wow, you guys are all mad about the anthem protest, but look at what your coaches are doing. You're acting as if the NFL is like this big, you know, respectable industry, which, by the way, we all kind of know it's not. And But she put the video out. Now, guys, let me just tell you. If you send an embarrassing video of yourself, I don't care what your relationship with that woman is. Sooner or later, the relationship will be different than it is today. And she's going to want to send it to somebody. The thing about it is, dude, this video is just not embarrassing. Like, there's plenty of embarrassing stuff in the world that you could have sent. It's sort of embarrassing, the fact that he's, you know... Oh, my babe, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, dude, it's incriminating. Like, you're showing yourself doing felonious drugs right now. It's not like... At work. Right, right, right. Like, so we're, we're you're, you're bad on two different levels. Number one, you look pathetic making a video for a chick saying, like, babe, I miss you and I'm thinking about you. Whether your D's in your hand or a rolled up dollar bill's in your hand, that's a bad look, man. And, 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 and you're the worst of both right there. Yeah. Plus... I don't know how old the guy is, but he's got gray hair. Oh, no. He's 50, I bet. So you were doing coke with your girlfriend? Because, dude, it's either coke or sex. What? <laughs> dude, once you reach a certain age, it's like, bitch, it's one or the other. <laughs> You're not getting both. You're not getting both. So I was a little surprised by that, too. The Dolphins have obviously moved away from him. Yeah. He quit, but I'm, I'm sure it was a forced resignation. Re- yeah, it was a forced resignation. We all know that's the way it went, which, again, points out a huge piece of hypocrisy for the NFL. Because if this comes out about a about a Mike linebacker that can play, is he off the team? No. Um, they they did say the Dolphins did say that even though he's no longer employed with the team, we will be offering him and and supporting him and paying for his rehabilitation. Well, that's process. good. I'm just saying a Mike linebacker gets suspended the league minimum for breaking the substance abuse policy, and he's still on the team. And my guess is, I don't know if I, I you know. Could another more popular, more important coach have made it through this? Probably. Belichick just twacking out lines. Belichick makes it through this. The whole league's filled with hypocrisy. All of it. You can beat your wife in that league as long as you can play. As long as you can play, you can do anything in the world. That league looks the other way. It's a league of thugs, dude. It just is. It just is. It's always been that way. It has always been that way. If you can play, you win. So there's a little hypocrisy in here. 
and I'm not I'm not trying to get the back of a cokehead. I mean, dude, you do a bunch of drugs like that, do it at work, film yourself, send it to somebody who's not your wife, by the way, just some like I'm assuming stripper. I'm assuming. I don't know, but Miami drugs. He's sending it to her. My guess is they probably met somewhere like that. Mons Venus 2001, I, somewhere I, like that. I, I think they met at Miss Bad Bitch, I think. I could be wrong there, but... Well, I had a laminated parking pass for Miss Bad Bitch, <laughs> and I didn't meet that chick. I didn't do that. Do not send videos of yourself doing drugs to girls. <laughs> Bad idea. I mean, dude, how dumb do you got to be? That is just stupid. A family in Wayne County is looking for answers after somebody attacked their pet. This is an awful story. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey, welcome back to The Stansberry Show. 8.30 when you're way into the Vince Neal Show. Uh, January 13th, I believe, up at the Hard Rock Roxino. And also 7.30, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com, which, by the way... yeah. Indians lost again last night. Indeed, they did. Series tied at two. And, you know, people were making the point yesterday on TV that, you know, you probably shouldn't have won game two. When you think about the fact that when you look at the replay, guy wasn't hit by pitch, and that's what spurred that whole, like, comeback run. Oh, when Lonnie Chisholm Hall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he was not hit by that pitch. I mean, we, we got like we got a little bit of a break there, and then that yeah. kind of like that's now you got to score all those runs. That's for sure, you do. So they played well enough after that to win, but that window opened there, and now your series is tied two two. I got to tell you, I think a lot of people, at least, well, I mean, this is Cleveland fans, though. I mean, a lot of people were jumping off the Indians bandwagon this morning. I, I will always factor, especially in baseball, a little bit of human error on the umpire's part. Even in any other sport, there's going to be those issues. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily fair to be like, well, you don't, because they won. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they won game two. Um, but it is hilarious how how not only people jumping off the bandwagon, um, it's just, it just how soft, like, Northeast Ohio sports fans are. You'd think the toughest sports fans in the world. World, but dude, the, the slightest bit of adversity, and it's just like, no. oh, dude, dude, that's terrible. They suck. I'm embarrassed. What's happened to sports fans, and I think everywhere, probably, but you know, we see and hear from Northeast Ohio sports fans the most is before social media. Every team could sell you on the fact that you were the best fans in the country. Oh, okay. We have the best fans there is. And now we have social media and we know what, what it is you've been thinking all along, which is you're not the best fans in the country. Nobody's the best fans in the country. Unless your team's kicking ass every week, right. you hate them. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Unless you're constantly bringing championships. And this really does go to show, I mean, you've got, you know, uh, the Indians who made a World Series run and everybody just made the assumption of like, nope, dude, they're just going to go. They're going back. They're going to win it this time. It's, it's, it's destined to happen and it's like dude there's a it's it's very hard to get to a championship series let alone win Baseball's a championship tough, dude. series it's just hard so many games a lot of injuries that go on i mean guys you have one of the deepest lineups in baseball and the best manager there is and you might not win the world series welcome to the sport it's just it's that sport you know what i mean and it's just watching people jump jump off of it and and it's just a little crazy i mean it's two games you know what i mean like now you got to win this next one. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to win that one. The thing I'll say about that is if you're an Indians fan, I and mean, honestly, you kind of have to look at it. If you could write the script of winning a must win game, it's going to be Corey Kluber pitching at home. And that's what it is. So, like, now's not the time to lose faith. Like, now's the time to be like, all right, you know, it's, it's a five game or it's a five game series for a reason. A guy said to me this morning, that's what you get for starting Bauer on three days rest. They should have started a cookie. And I was like, the guy that started the game before? Like, oh, 
Uh, did he mean sales are? Uh, maybe that's, that's what he meant. I, that, yeah, I maybe mean, that's what he meant. But I, I <laughs> dude, you can't start the guy that, that, that started the game before. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go back and start second guessing everything that Terry Francona does. Whether they get knocked out this series or they go to win this or the World Series, um, I think he's proven that he knows more about baseball than I do. So there's a little bit of like Man, Terry Francona. Is an amazing manager, but Cleveland fans will try to run. Dude, if they lose this series, especially if they lose this series, if they lose to the Yankees, Cleveland fans are going to be out in front talking about how they need to re. The, the lineup's good. Team's good. We're just being mismanaged. I guarantee you that's what people are going to say. And you're going to try to run one of the best baseball managers ever out of the town, which is so stupid. So stupid. I think that's very short sighted. I would keep Terry Frank on it. I although then they just signed him for a five year extension. I think it was. But, yeah, but I mean, but I know gonna, fans are going to yeah. go out there and they're going to be calling for it. I just, I just I know it because what it is is I deserve a win. No, you don't. You don't deserve a goddamn thing. You could never hit an eighty nine mile per hour fastball ever. You couldn't hit an eighty nine mile per hour fastball with your car, let alone a bat coming off your shoulder. But it's like, dude, people are just going to overreact today. We'll talk to Scott at seven thirty about that. There's a family in. Worcester, Wayne County, that is dealing with something awful. And my guess is here, my guess is that this is Halloween related. Their yellow lab had been in the front yard, I believe it was, and was shot through the chest by a bow and arrow. Nine-year-old Cosmo was playing and enjoying his front yard just days after his family was terrified that he might not survive as the arrow like went through, his, uh, went through the chest there. They came home from work. And uh, this woman says here, found my dog sitting in the yard with an arrow clearly through his chest. Ouch. Apparently a neighbor had called to say they found his family's yellow lab shot with an arrow. The Reddick family says their invisible fence malfunctioned, allowing Cosmo to get out of their yard roaming through fields and woods. Okay. Okay. So it was not in the front yard. It's okay. Uh, Reddick picked up Cosmo and took him to a vet. He's like, that's a terrible spot. It's right through the middle of his chest and started explaining how all the vital organs and everything are right where, you know, in that part of the body of the dog. And, uh, but he did recover. He was able to return home the next day. The family is optimistic he'll make a full recovery. Um, but they're looking at who, 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 had done this, but if you're running through a field, maybe it wasn't yeah. malicious. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a couple of different ways that this could go. There could have been somebody out there. Just is, is, is deer season right now? Um, if not, it's coming up. Soon. It's got to be I close, know, yeah, right? Say, I don't know if like opening day has happened yet, but, but I mean, I'm in Worcester a lot. I mean, and I, and so like I, I know. I mean, dude, hunting's big there. Well, and I mean, honestly, like I can remember back in the day, like my dad would set up in the backyard and just like go shoot. You know, like, my dad shot his bow and arrow in the backyard right. all the time, right into styrofoam. So yeah. like, I, it's it's not necessarily like wild to think that somebody was in the field. You know, getting ready, getting ready for for deer season. You know, you got this dog running through. You don't. Maybe mess. that's what happened. Maybe somebody was just practicing their their archery, hit the dog, and was like, "Oh God!" And just right. was like, "Maybe just let's just not tell anybody." Dog goes running, and, you know or, what you I know. mean? I'm I'm terrified, which is awful. I'm I'm just a dog person, so anytime I I thought this because I was like, "All right, well, Halloween's what two weeks away," right. so I was like, "All right, this is kids." Being awful to animals right around Halloween, always right around now, you get a bunch of those kind of stories. You know what I mean? Not a stretch to think that, but I also think that somebody out there could have been like, dude, where'd that arrow go? Where where did that? Is that blood? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could happen. I mean, it was not done right in the front yard, right right in their yard. It was running through a field due to a, you know, an invisible fence, you know, malfunction. So that could have happened. 
I uh, it's just it makes me feel I, I just don't like when people do mean things to animals. Which speaking of which, October is Subaru Loves Pets Month, so Wake Em Subaru is teaming up with Second Chance for Animals, and they're doing a pet donation all month long at Wake Em Subaru. You can stop by and uh, pass out some feeding dishes, collars and leashes, grooming tools to help Second Chance for Animals, which is a shelter that's at full capacity. Then on the twenty first at Wake Em Subaru, they're doing a pet adoption event. So if you're looking for a new pet, there will be pets on site at Wake Em Subaru. And October 21st, I'll be out there as well. You and see it's very going out there. I'm going to stop by. Yeah, I mean, I'm not there, there in an official like work capacity, but Craig Wakeham and I become buddies. You right. know what I mean? I'm in business with Wakeham, and I feel like it's the right thing to do. I'm a pet person, so I'm going to stop by for a little while like and check that out. So if you're looking for a new pet, October 21st, Wakeham Subaru. Right back with more Stansberry Show next. Hang on. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106, 106.9. And welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 106.9. Before the break, we were talking about that dog in Worcester that got shot with an arrow. And Ty writes in and says, look, man, that shot on that dog was 100% malicious. You don't release an arrow without knowing exactly where it's going. Arrows go about 50 yards max, and you know where it's landing. He says, even at 100 yards, you would still know that's a dog. And he's making an excellent point. Because at 100 yards, routinely golf puts you at 100 yards out. Routinely. And I can spot something 100 yards away pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will probably agree that you he says here. He also says here, sorry, that there's a practice tip on the arrow. And so he's guessing that the guy was in his tree stand, the dog wandered in his in his line of sight, uh, and he shot it because he was pissy. Okay. It is deer, it is bow season, right? Okay. Now. Well, you got a dog running through. I guess that adds up. Maybe maybe that maybe the guy's thinking that the dog's responsible for chasing deer away from running around in there. Yeah. Probably something like that. Not right. Don't ever shoot an animal like that. That's not, you know what I mean? Unless you have a hunting license to shoot those kinds of animals. Don't shoot dogs with arrows. I don't like that. I was going to say, as <laughs> you're sitting up there waiting to shoot an animal, yeah, don't I, shoot well, dogs. I mean, dude, I'm conflicted on hunting. I am. Like I said, my dad was a bow hunter, wanted to take me as a kid. I didn't want to shoot animals. It just was something I didn't want to do. I'm not going to knock other people. I'm not going to tell you it's wrong or murder like a lot of other people do. Like I always say this about stuff. I care about stuff, but not enough to get all like screaming at you and making you not do it. <laughs> It's just, I, I I got enough stuff going on in my day. And we're top of the food chain. As long as you're not malicious yeah, about it. Yeah, I got it, thumbs. You as, know? Long, as long as you're not malicious about it. I mean, animals are there to serve us. So that's my opinion, at least. So the NFL might have a problem on its hands. Does it? And I was one of these people. (laughs) I was one of these people that was like, oh, my God, these protests aren't going to do anything on both sides. Nothing's ever going to happen. Like, just stop. Well, it turns out that the NFL is no longer our favorite sport. According to a new survey, the NFL is no longer America's favorite sport. Moreover, they say, Fantone, it's not even close. The Washington Examiner reports barely a month into the on-field protest by players and now coaches. The NFL has not only fallen from its once lofty perch, but it's now the least liked among top professional sports and top college sports as well. From the end of August to the end of September, the NFL's favorable rating has dropped nearly 25% from 57 to 44. The league's 40% unfavorable rating is the highest of any major sport. Oh my God, listen to this. Now, I've always said, well, maybe fringe fans. Maybe people who are just like, ah, watch a quarter here, this and that, but what's on TBS? They'd probably stay away from you, right? Core fans. The favorability rating fell from 73% to 42% amongst its core audience. Yikes. That's a pretty dramatic drop-off. Wow. 
the unfavorable rating for core fans rose from 19% to 47%. This is officially a problem now. This is a problem that the NFL has on their hands right now. Um, yeah, there's, you know, I mean, definitely polling matters. There's no question about it. And uh, I think when you combine the favorability, unfavorability, um, and you combine that with the actual television ratings, your head's in the sand if you aren't accepting that truth of like, yes, this is a real problem, not only for every every team, but this is a bigger problem for the brand as a whole. I got to give a little credit to Jason Whitlock here, who's been saying for weeks now, these players have got to get off their knees, and here's why. You're in partnership with the league for the money you make. Did you know this? I didn't know this, but players get 49% of the revenue made on the, on the NFL football field. You're essentially a business partner with the NFL, and you're doing something that's hurting your own business. I keep hearing players say, my platform, my platform, my platform. The NFL game is not your platform. It's not. That is not your platform. And what's going to happen is, is if you keep going down this road, you may lose your platform. That's not really yours. You might lose it. Then what are you going to do? Now you're just some dude who's fast. Good luck playing pickup games in the park, bro. Now you're just fast. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The NFL is going to exist for the foreseeable future. But if you take a step back and look at the big picture, yes, losing money is the last thing that any of you should want to do. What do I always say about businesses? You're not in the t-shirt selling business. You're not in the throwing touchdown business. You're in the money making business. That's the business. Nobody goes into business to break even or go broke. Everybody goes into business to make money. Money is what makes the world go around. I, dude, everybody can talk to you about love and marriage and all this stuff. Money's what matters. That's the thing that matters. Don't pay your rent for six months and tell me what happens when they bust in and you're holding hands with your girlfriend on the couch. Your ass gets tossed out the front door. Money's the only thing that really matters. I know that that sounds mean and harsh and, you know, I'm an ultra capitalist or whatever the hell it is. Awful term Twitter wants to call me, but it's the reality is that money's the thing that matters. And NFL advertisers are now openly admitting, look, we're worried. We don't know what to do. Of course they're going to be worried. And as a, you know, whether you're a Pepsi or whether you're a smaller business that just plays ads during an NFL game. Even if you're even if you're not to the point where you're like I'm going to take my money away from you, you're going to give you give them less money. There's no question just, about that. Just to see, right, right? Exactly. So now Brian Cristiano is the CEO of ad agency Bold Worldwide, and he says everyone's looking at these numbers. They're looking at the ratings and they're nervous. They're what they're the first thing they're thinking. He's saying is, are we overpaying right now for what we're getting? And the answer is yes. You're probably well, overpaying for what you're getting. Yeah, you bought in, you know, it probably into your contract last year before the season ever started, and it's like you were going off of last year's numbers. Now you look at them, and it's like, dude, those numbers are not what you promised us. So, yeah, I, I think that's fair. So now they're, you know, advertisers are starting to ask the question, what are we going to do? Can we have makeups? How do we get this money back? How do we get this exposure? And I don't know how uh, who carries what and does all that, but I know if I was spending money, and I hate to list a company by name, but I know they carry both sports right now. That if I had money on Fox, I'd be telling them, put my money on baseball right now. Take all my NFL money and put it on baseball right now. 
Um, America's game. You got dudes standing up before the national anthem. You got fans out there on social media talking about how they love baseball right now because they're respecting the flag. Take all my money and put it on baseball right now. I'm going to bet you, though, you still have more eyeballs on football. You probably do. So I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I would probably say split it up. I mean, because... I'd at least, yeah, I'd, I'd hedge my bets. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. it, it, even with a dip, the NFL still is ratings king, and it has been forever. So I, I, I think really what this is going to get down to, and I think Jerry Jones was probably a little too strong-fisted with it, um, but the NFL is going to have to say, guys, we can't allow this anymore. How do we fix this? What's our solution? Well, you saw the the Dolphins owner already backpedaled. He already flipped. He was the, he was one of the first owners out there holding hands, kneeling, doing everything else. And then what happened? Money started to get affected. And he was like, well, maybe not. It's going to have to turn into a – whether it's going to be – Community Relations Month, or whether it's you know commercials in the middle of, of a game where it's like an officer and a you know ribbon on the f- jersey, right, or- right, some sort of some sort of NFL, you know, right, right. Well, we're wearing purple today because of I don't know because of community relations, and then you got maybe not purple. Well, I don't know whatever color that they come up with, but you're taking you're taking you know uh, a veteran and you're taking a an NFLer and you're taking a cop and they're all driving through the city giving out you know popsicles out of the back of an ice cream truck or something like that, but that's what's going to have to happen, is they're going to have to come up with a solution. It's going to have to address the issues that were initially addressed in these protests, um, and it's going to have to happen soon. I just, NFL players, the game is not your platform, and I'll prove it to you right here. This is not my platform. It's not. This platform is on loan to me from iHeartMedia. If any time I say or do something that they feel is negatively affecting them, guess what? They take their platform back. This is not my platform. It belongs to iHeartMedia. I'm entrusted with it daily. And it's because I handle it responsibly or is at least as responsibly as I can. But the moment I don't, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go get the next man up. You're in the money-making business. That's what every business is. You're not in the touchdown business. You have to realize that. You get 49% of the revenue. You're in essentially you're in bed with this. And you're hurting yourself. No national dialogue about what you want is being talked about. And you're losing money. Go back to the drawing board. Think of something else. And let's try to find... Dude, keep throwing stuff at the wall until it sticks. Absolutely. But this is not sticking to the wall. I just don't think it is. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get uh, get his take on the Indians game. What we're going to do about Kaiser. And everything else sports related with Scott next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. We normally do it Mondays at 8, but we were unable to do uh, some studio restrictions yesterday, so we're going to catch up with Scott from winningfornextyear.com right now. My man, how are you? Studio restrictions. It sounds so official. Well, <laughs> I'm trying not to... Oh, I'm just going the long way around saying broke-ass duct tape studios. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just... I'm trying to get around. I'm doing well. Thank you, guys. I, uh, I, I really like the fact that you were willing to amend your schedule and join us. Let me ask you the first question that is on everybody's mind last night. Or after last night's loss to the Yankees. Did Tito make a mistake in starting Bauer in this game? You know, it's, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, he it, Urshela catches that ball and the score is wildly different, right? I mean, he, he, he catch, he, he, the guy has been, and I've, I've gone to bat for him, one of the best defensive third basemen I've ever seen. Um, you know, especially in a Cleveland Indians uniform. 
and uh, you know a line drive off the shin, and then and then a, a, a wild throw to first later in the game. I mean that that's it's completely unlike him. But those are the kind of plays in playoff baseball where every pitch matters, and we've talked about it before. That that really tilt the game, and you know he was he's on this roster for defensive reasons. You know either. Tito, you know, assumes the games are going to be three two two one one nothing, right? And having a, a a Gold Glove caliber third baseman, it makes a world of a difference. And when that third baseman does what he did last night, you know, it's tough to pin it on Bauer. I mean, all all of his runs were unearned. I mean, so you know, you never know what happens in that game if if things go better defensively. Yeah, I, I, I think it's mind-boggling. I think I saw that during the regular season, I think the Indians gave up 35 unearned runs, and last night it was at six plus, and it just like yeah. uh, it just it just mind-boggling that, that that all happens in one game like that, which in a way kind of comforts me about you know coming back home and having Corey Kluber up on the mound because number one, what happened last night is not going to repeat itself, and number two, hopefully what happened in game one isn't going to repeat. Or game, <laughs> hey, two, game two, I'm sorry, yeah, game isn't two, going yeah. to repeat itself. Am I correct in that assumption that Kluber's not going to go out there and perform like he did in game two? I mean, the odds are in your favor, right? I mean, the, the, the difference is the issue is variance in playoff baseball is so high, right? It's why they, you know, it's why rosters are constructed the way they are and why Tito did so well managing that bullpen last season is because he, he was able to manage that variance. And the, you know, the odds are Kluber's not going to pitch like that. Odds are, you know, the defense is going to play well. But in that same regard, you know, odds are Jose Ramirez gets a hit. You know, odds are there's so many things that are going on with this team right now. You know, odds are Jason Kipnis can feel the fly ball. Um, and there, there's lots of, lots of issues right now. You just have to hope some of them correct themselves enough to, 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 to put the Indians back in the place they were, you know, heading into this offseason. The loss of Edwin Encarnacion yeah, you know, can't hurts. go, you know, un, undiscussed because, that that really really changes lineup construction, and if you when you're when your seventh hitter's batting sixth and your sixth hitter's batting fifth and up you know moving everybody up, you know that's that that's not you know ideal. Um, you know you you can't really pin you know the last night's game on anyone. Michael Brantley looks like he's three steps behind everybody. Um, you know he's just not where he needs to be from a repetition standpoint. And if you're going to if he's going to be your DH instead of Edwin Encarnacion. You know the the team is in is in is in a world of hurt, and you know you have to hope that one home field does does wonders too. Uh, you know Corey Kluber is the Corey, the Cy Young winning Corey Kluber that we saw in the regular season, and you know not saying that it, we have to count on Edwin Encarnacion coming back, um, but they have, somebody's got to step up in, in his place, and it just wasn't happening last night. For my audience who might not know, do you have an idea of when Edwin might be ready? Uh, you know, according to Tito, you know he could play. He could play in Game Five. Um, he's, he's still on the active roster, and uh, it sounds like he could be in some designated hitter or pinch hitting type role as needed. Um, now, I don't know if that makes him ready, uh, but I, I do know that make that makes him. You know, I think the, the thinking is game, game Five. You really can't leave anything on the you know on the table here. You got You have to use what you can, and if that means an eighty five percent Edwin Encarnacion over. You know, take a pick of pitch hitters. You know, Eric Eric Gonzalez. Um, I, I think you I think you make that you make that call ten times out of ten. 
I uh, I very rarely think this about you, Scott, but I think I sense some frustration in your voice. Do you think that comes from the last two games of the Indians, or do you feel like maybe seven thirty in the from, morning? Or maybe you feel like that's coming from? <laughs> do you feel like that's coming from the Twitter reaction, the social media reaction last night of so many Indians fan or, or fans jumping off the bandwagon? Uh, where's that coming from for you? I'm with I'm with Dan. I'm watching the sun come up while I'm talking to you about playoff baseball. Um, <laughs> Scott, actually, do not, let me say this to you, because I said this this morning on the show, and I think I'm right about it, that I think fan bases before social media, like teams did a really good job and players did a really good job of saying, we have the best fans in the country. The Indians fans are the best. Browns fans are the best. And people actually bought that line of BS from teams and stuff. And now with social media, we're finding out nobody's got the best fans in the league. Nobody does. Everybody's knee-jerk reactors because they have a keyboard in their pocket. There's a little bit of that going on, right? For sure. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to uh, Kevin Gletz from uh, Cleveland Cranes last night briefly, and he was saying he wishes Browns fans had the same sky-is-falling mentality as Indians fans because they actually are watching a disaster every Sunday, right. and they think everything's fine while we're watching a team, you know, in the, in the postseason, and, we're, and, we're, and we think it's, it's, you know, it's the end of the world. Um, you know, it's, it's weird how it works out, but, you know, expectations are a funny thing. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not concerned. You know, Matt, to answer your question, I, I do think you know home field advantage is huge, um, especially in the playoffs. Batting last is huge, especially the playoffs. We saw it in Game Two. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and I saw some chatter like, "Oh, they were uh, a comeback win away from being eliminated already." But I mean, that's that's the game, right? I mean, that's the way this team has played. That's the way. It's a reason they won 22 straight games. I mean, it's, it, this team is a never, never. You can never really count them out. Fair. Um, you know, you know the issue is, you know, you, you need you need pitching. Um, you're not gonna, you don't want these games to get into the five, six, seven run, you know, type of category. You need to keep them in that, you know, three, two, two, one kind of kind of frame. And the, in order to do that, you need Corey Kluber tonight or t- tomorrow night to go more than go more than two and two thirds innings. Yeah, you absolutely do need that. I want to switch sports now. You uh, try back in action tomorrow night, eight oh eight, first pitch at Progressive Field. So I'm hearing reports now that says Kaiser's going to sit a little while. Hugh says, don't worry, he can still be the quarterback of the future. Um, it's starting to look more and more like Hugh Jackson really wanted Carson Wentz and did not want to do this this year with, with Deshaun Kaiser and that the analytics thing is being shoved down his throat a little bit. At least that's the way it's starting to feel to me. Maybe I'm way off base. But I've always been told that Hugh Jackson's a quarterback whisperer. And outside of Andy Dalton... I don't know where he's whispered, bro. <laughs> like so, like I mean, shouldn't I be seeing some signs of life out of Deshaun Kaiser by now? Yeah, I mean Flacco too, but the oh, okay, fair point, fair point. The, you know the yeah, no, I agree. I forgot about that. Um, I forgot about the Flacco thing. No, that's all right. And the it's it is it is getting to the point where well, one, you know, the pedigree of the Andy Daltons and the and the Joe Flaccos of the world are much higher than the the Cody Cody Kesslers, right? Fair. The, 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 you know, but you, you have to wonder, and again, this is the age old, you know, chicken egg debate for some of these NFL teams, you know, is, is how much say do these head coaches get in, in, in who they draft? It's case like, by I case, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can, you can pin, you know, Justin Gilbert on, on Mike Patton, you know, he, you know, the guy comes in and says, I need a physical cornerback and, and that's, and that's what you get. Right. Right. You know, so. It's not always the coach knows everything and the front office knows nothing, but you know you you'd have to hope there was some meeting of the minds and there was some discussion, um, you know, over 
you know, one, which quarterback to draft, two, you know, which quarterback to start, and three, you know, how to handle this situation. But, you know, it's clear, you know, Deshaun has a lot of growing to do. You know, if you ask me, it's up to Hugh to make to, to develop that, not right. not not get not get frustrated and 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 kind of abandon ship. But in the same regard, and we've talked about it week after week, the guy's trying to you know he's he's coaching for his job, and if he feels that Kevin Hogan is is the guy who's going to help him get closest to a win, um, you know that's you know that that that's, that's his call. You know the issue is going to be this week. You have Deshaun Watson coming in from Houston, right. looking like right. clearly the best rookie quarterback of this class. He was right there. Um, you know, not even not it, it, you know. So you, you have Carson Wentz. Had the to Philly. Philly has Carson Wentz. He he puts up one of the best lines of the week. You have you have the pick to draft Deshaun Watson. You you trade it to Houston. Houston, you know, you know, obviously they went with Tom Savage first and made made the made the move. But the kid looks legit, and when you have that going on around you, even Mitchell Trubisky seemed to be put in a really good position last night, getting to get, you know bootlegging, rolling on the pocket, some trick plays. They did a lot of things to help him, you know, do put him in the best situation to win that football game, even though they came up three points short. You just don't get that same vibe with the Browns, and I think if anything is going to be the the downfall of Hugh Jackson with this team, it's going to be not the wins. But his his inability to develop a lot of these younger guys because it should be happening at a rapid at a, at, a, at a much more rapid pace than it is. I've been a Hugh guy since they hired him, and honestly, I've been starting to recently this last week, week and a half, two weeks, whatever. It's been starting to say, you know what? Maybe I've been wrong on it. Maybe I have. I was a total Hugh guy. I want to remain to be a Hugh guy, but I'm seeing absolutely nothing that says to me, you know what? Continue down this path. One more sport to cover: the Cleveland Cavs announced that Dwayne Wade will be the starting at the two guard, I believe it is, and Jr. Smith is going to come off the bench. Now, I know everybody's going to say the right thing. Everybody's going to be like, well, whatever best for the team, and we're all in, and we want to win, rise up, whatever the hell the slogan is this year, and everybody's going to say the right thing. But is JR going to be all right with this, or is this going to sit with him like, oh, LeBron's best friend comes in here now, and now my minutes are gone? So it's funny. I was, I was talking to JR at media day, and while I was expecting a whatever's best for the team kind of approach, yeah. He's all, he's all about it because it, he says it'll extend his career. Uh, ah. he'll, get to, he'll get to play in the league longer if he's playing fewer minutes, so he doesn't have to chase guys around on the defensive end. Wow. Um, nice of so, a coach to sit so him he, down he, and explain that to him. So he says it perfectly. Nice. I like it. So his answer is definitely a, a, um, a thing looking out for number one kind of response. Um, you know, I, there, I saw a lot of issues. It goes back to your, 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 your pocket keyboard comment before. Fans getting all riled up about floor spacing and stuff. If it doesn't work, they'll switch it. You know what I mean? It's not. It's, a it's long not game. like it's. It's, it's, right. it's not like. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is going to be your starting point guard in the playoffs. I mean, things are going to be much, much different in April than they are on October seventeenth. Yeah. And, and getting wild round up, wound up right now is going to make for a really, really long season if you're a Cavaliers fan. I think you have to look at these as eighty-two practices. And I think Ty Lue is going to use a lot of that time to figure out what his rotations are going to be for the playoffs. And if that means stumbling a little bit out of the block or, or having floor spacing issues or having too many old guys on the floor at the same time, I think he'll figure it out. And if they, if, if they start to not win or be as efficient as they could be, they'll make switches. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, Dwayne looks really good. Uh, you know, anyone who's watched the, the preseason, I mean, he, he looks explosive. He doesn't look like a 35-year-old should. 
Um, and, you know, I think, you know, playing alongside LeBron will energize him a bit as well. Sure. So, um, you know, again, I'm fine. I mean, if, if, if they have to score more in the way of two-pointers instead of three, you know, so be it. Um, you know, they might have defensive issues, but, I, you know, again, I think, I think everything will work itself out, you know, come playoff time. I have one more question for you quickly, Scott. Um, as a guy who covers all sports at WaitingForNextYear.com, your site covers all of them. Are you concerned about the fall of viewership for the NFL? Are you starting to see less people clicking on your NFL stories and more on your baseball, more on your basketball? What's going on with you and all that? So our baseball coverage is really, really good. It's always um, been good. I, yeah, I, I agree. The guys, the guys we've added are incredibly smart, and they, they cover it in a way where I don't even have to talk about it anymore because they're much better at it than I am. Um, but, but Browns headlines or news items or uh, you know, anything, you know, gamers, Always trump traffic. I mean, okay. the viewership might be down, but interest is still there. You know, it's, it's, I, I see a lot of, oh, boycotting today. But if, if you're boycotting today, why, why even mention it? You know what I mean? It's, it still has some real estate in your mind if you feel the need to talk about it. I agree. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of reasons. You know, I think the concussion thing's legit. I think people just have other things to do. I think TV viewership across the board is down. It's not just NFL. Hasn't snowed um, yet. You know, you know, so it's it's one of those things where there's a lot of a lot of mitigating reasons, but no, our traffic Browns still take the cake regardless of what the situation is on any any of the other sports. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Normally Mondays at eight, had to do it today due to some studio issues. Scott, we'll talk to you next Monday, eight o'clock, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. That's interesting. I'd say because I think he's right. I think people like to say something, but yet um, they're very still very interested in what the storyline of the NFL is. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 830, we'll pass out a pair of Vince Neal tickets for his show in January up at the Hard Rock Roxino there. Also coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Black Label Society, new Event Sevenfold, and new Marilyn Manson. We went all rock today. Okay. We swapped out that Rolling Stones because we found out that the Rolling Stones wasn't actually new. It was a re-release, probably from an album you've never heard. (laughs) But we were like, nah, let's skip on that one. So it's new Black Label, new Event Sevenfold, which is actually a Pink Floyd cover. Okay. And then we're going to do some new Manson for you, find out if that's any good. Manson's been in the news a lot lately. He had that stage set fall down on him. And he smoked a bone. Yeah, we found out yesterday Manson was smoking bones. I don't know about that. It's weird. Fantone still thinks it was oral sex. Well, wait. I mean, like, if you said to me, yo, dude, go smoke a bone, right? Isn't that what you would assume? I mean, I've heard people refer to cigarettes as bones, but, uh, like... Okay. You know I, mean? I don't think he was saying, yo, I've smoked cigarettes. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so either. But, again, I didn't think it was that either. I think you're just your mind goes to penis immediately. Like, I just it just does. It's weird. I posted this video online. And so I linked it to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash ratio there. And all I said was, I, this is a little graphic. And because, you know, it's like 7.30, 7.45 in the morning, some people, you know, aren't fully awake yet. And so, like, I posted it and I was like, you know what, just, this is a little graphic just so you know. Okay. And I'll set it up for you. You can also see it at wrqk.com. Facebook pages, all that stuff. Right? But essentially what happens is a little road rage issue. And this kid then ends up taking a brick and then throws it through the back windshield Jeez. of this SUV. Jeez. So the guy then gets out of the SUV, opens like the hatchback of it, takes out a bongo, and smacks the dude in the head with it, knocks him off his bike, lays him out cold. Jeez. And I said, I was like, man, that's pretty graphic. Okay. I felt like that was pretty graphic. Okay. Right? And now I'm in, you know, people are going to be like, you're a UFC fan. Yeah, but in the octagon, I know that's going to happen. 
right? And the, both those guys are prepared for that. Yeah. This kid got hit from behind with a bongo. Now, he, now not that he deserved to knock out, but you can't be throwing bricks through people's windshields no, either, right? No, 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 no. I understand why somebody would, would, would retaliate in kind. Exactly. That. You can't do that, right? I don't know how the whole thing starts. It's like every other internet video ever. It picks up in the right. middle, right? It's kind of how that whole thing goes. So I'm sure both parties are to blame here. But the reason why I bring it up is this guy like writes the first comment is graphic, question mark. And immediately, you know what I thought? If that's not graphic to you, all that is is proof that we're becoming desensitized to all the violence that's around us all day, every day. That, that's, all, that's what that comment means, is that, dude, you're so used to seeing human beings be awful to one another that a guy being knocked off his bike by a bongo, being laid out cold in the middle of the street, doesn't even, it's not even something for you to look at anymore. Like, that's crazy, right? Um, yes, I, I, I guess when you say graphic, I'm sure the guy probably assumed there was going to be like blood or brain spilling out or even like graphic language. Um, but I think graphic violence is a thing. <laughs> so like, It used to be anyway. I think we're just getting so used to violent images uh, just being shoved in our faces every day. White nationalists, all this. And like that, that will be, we're becoming to the point, dude, unless somebody gets their head chopped off, we're like, nah, I've seen better. Yeah. I mean, do you think this, this was this guy essentially saying like, like, you're getting soft if you think this is graphic? Oh, I wonder. Oh, that, I don't know. That's kind of how I read it. Was that, like, graphic? Pff, what are you? What are you? You know, what are you, sissy? I, well, I think that, I, I think that, yeah, because he says, because I say, I wrote back and I said, this dude gets laid out cold for a street fight that's pretty graphic for most people. And he writes back to me and says, most people equals you. But yeah, I think most adults aren't used to watching other people get knocked out cold in the middle of the street. And yes, I shamelessly put it up for web hits and to have this conversation. Yes, absolutely, I did all of that. But I just think there is something to be said where if somebody being knocked out cold is no longer graphic to you, what are you spending all day looking at online? I would be worried about the images you're shoving into your head all day. I get that it's not like, you know, hanging somebody or chopping their head off, but it's still pretty graphic. If you haven't seen it yet, it's online for you, WRQK.com. You can make up the judgment for yourself or just call me a sissy like John has via uh, my Facebook page there. So you can do that as well. Uh, the Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, yeah. is looking into doing something awesome in like two years, three years, something like that. It's going to be awesome if we can get this done. I'll tell you what it is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. It's the show. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Still to come is New Tour Tuesday, 9 o'clock, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Black Label Society, new Event Sevenfold, new Marilyn Manson. Also, from the Hard Rock Roxino, 8.30, we'll uh, pass out a pair of tickets to check out Vince Neil as he'll be performing all your Motley Crue favorite hits. Nice. Shout out to the Hard Rock, man. I just I was constantly impressed by the artists that they bring in. Like, let's be real. Vince Neil, that's a good draw, man, dude. That's a good draw. You're, oh, yeah. You're, that theater, there is no bad seat in the entire thing. I saw Ace Freely there, and it was amazing. I mean, you've seen. It was so good. You've seen you, one of your favorite artists, Ace Freely, one mm-hmm. of your favorite artists, Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Dude, I know the crew is near the top of the near list. Near the top right of there. the list. And honestly, November 3rd, I'll be at the Hard Rock again as I'm going to go see Lindsey Buckingham and, and Christine McVie. I, I mean, honestly. Dude, Mac like, there. like, listen to that lineup, dude. Yeah, that's, your boy's happy about it's it. It's not like, it's not like, oh, let's, hey. let's talk about the lineup on the buffet. You get a little, <laughs> you get a little Mexican there. It's you get a little American Grill there. It's not like this is like, you know, hey, we couldn't make it to the ribs burn off, so we'll come play this. Like, these are legit yeah. artists. No, man. they do. They do a great job. Their booker does a great job up there. 
And so uh, we'll send you to see Vince Neal 8.30, then 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame is out to do something awesome, and I hope that they can get this done. And if they need any help whatsoever from the Sandsbury Show, I would bend over backwards and try to help them out with it. Sitting right here waiting for your call, I would absolutely. I would do anything David Baker needs for help with this. Just give us a call. David Baker would like to see a regular season football game played here at Tom Benson Stadium in the 2020 season. I, apparently, that's the 100th birthday of the NFL, which would be September 17th, 2020, and he thinks the perfect place to play a game would be right here in Canton, Ohio, and I have to agree. You just put a brand, well, you renovated a, a new stadium here. Might as well call that it's brand, brand new. new. Honestly, it's essentially brand new. When I went to that McKinley game there. Oh, yeah, it's not even renovated. They tore it all the way down to the ground yeah, and built it up. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. It's, 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 it, 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 you almost forget that you're in Canton. When you're in there, it's like, it feels different. If you've never been... Munch and I were talking about this off the air, which, by the way, catch Munch here, 7 o'clock Friday, everywhere via iHeartRadio. I, uh, he and I were talking, and for those of you that have never been to Seattle, Tom Benson Stadium has a very Seahawks vibe to it to me when, when I was in there. I was like, this feels like Seattle Stadium to me. I don't know why I felt like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but just felt that way. But David Baker wants to see an NFL regular season game played here, and I think this is really smart, and if I'm Roger Goodell, I do this right now, and... I sign off on this right now, and as a matter of fact, I expand the idea, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. They keep shoving this London game down our throats. Yes. It's at 9.30 in the morning, which is the only benefit for a guy like me who wakes up early on Sunday, and I feel like i got to wait all day for football, right. so then I kind of like it, right? So it's okay for that, but I think most fans are probably still sleeping off Saturday's drink fest, right? So they're trying to shove the London game down your throat, and they're trying to shove the Mexico game down your throat, and they're trying to do all this stuff, right? Where if I'm the NFL, and I'm looking at my ratings dropping off, and I'm looking at you know, the favorability rating of the league is down and this and that, I start doing stuff like this. When you start to look at the NFL, like take Denver, right? You go Denver West, you right. got to get to where? California before you get another team? Yeah. Somewhere, I mean, in the, in the middle of the, the Great Plains, yeah. I mean, Denver I mean, you, is you'll the You'll find of Denver fans in Northern California because it's like, well, I right. mean, you, granted, they got the Raiders there and stuff like that. But I'm saying it's like, dude, that Denver's fan base covers so many states because in between there and California, you don't get a lot. So I would start to take the NFL on the road to start to earn back this, oh, my God, we're losing middle America. Um, it, it's not going to be – you're going to have to find the appropriate places to do it. But an NFL quote unquote small town America tour is not a terrible idea at all. It That's really not a bad not, idea, dude. right? And I mean, and you start it with this game here because it makes right. sense. Here's where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is. You start your career and then end it right here in Canton, Ohio. The imaging writes itself, right? The whole thing is like, I, but I think there's an opportunity here for the NFL to go. Maybe we get it out of London and we take it to Dubuque. <laughs> Right? Uh, well, I mean, the NFL is probably looking at it from... A lot of you college know, stadiums could fit this well, way. Yes, 100%. Especially when you're talking about teams on the road. But I don't know if teams are going to... Well, number one, you lose that home game, and I know there's been issues with that. Mm-hmm. And how, mm-hmm. many, how many times are you going to do this over the course of the year? Um, but I think it's a good idea, and I think that there's definitely something to be thought of there. I, 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 I'm concerned about this, though, that 2020 was supposed to be... That was the goal to get the draft here. And I feel like this is kind of them saying, like, well, we know we're not going to get the draft. Therefore, oh, you maybe think- we can get a game. Well, here's the thing. 
if they don't get the draft and they get a game, I think it's bigger. I disagree. I think the, the draft is a couple of days worth of uh, all eyes all eyes on Canton. See, I'm thinking about first round, but right. you're right. There's four rounds of that. Although they go to remote satellite locations but, on days three and four. But even so, I think that the draft is bigger than any one individual game. Because, That's because like, you've been raised a Cleveland well, Browns fan. But, but, I mean, think about it. The Browns are playing that London game against the Vikings, and who's going to watch that? You know what I mean? Nobody. Like, who's going to watch that? So if they put the Jaguars going up against, you know, the Bills here, yeah, that'll be cool, and I'll go to the game, and I'll support it, and I'll celebrate it, but I think that I think that the draft is a much... It's not like it's, if it was guaranteed to be Packers versus Patriots, you know, like, dude, it's going to be the game of the week, or whatever, then oh, you got something. I, I, think they, I think if they bring a game here, they would do that. Why, why aren't they doing that in London? Why are they playing the Browns versus the Vikings in London? It's because they're like, ah, dude, who cares? It's London. They'll just be happy to have a game. We'll give it to them. Whatever. Yeah, that might be true. The, that in- might be true. But I could see, although they are separate entities, the NFL and the Hall of Fame. They are separate. People lump them together, but they're separate things. Yeah, there's two separate things. But, I mean, from general perspective, they're the same thing. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm Roger Goodell and half the audience hates me right now, I go, well, maybe if I take football on the road... That being said, of those are two separate entities, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and, and the, the actual NFL, um, they're very much lumped in together. I don't think most people would know that. Most people no, can't, most people don't most know Most people that. in Canton probably don't know that, let alone most people across the country probably don't know that. I would have never known that until I moved here. I wonder... And I would have I, never known that. I, 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 I genuinely hope that the Hall of Fame is able to overcome this obstacle, but I wonder what NFL ratings, what NFL favorability right now, what NFL, the, all the shenanigans that are, that, are, that are surrounding this league, I wonder what that's going to do to the Hall of Fame in the big picture. See, I was worried about that too, but I think honestly, like, if you're that much, if you were going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you're a big enough football fan where this isn't bothering you, right? <laughs> I mean, didn't we just talk about how the core audience, the enthusiasts of the NFL, favorability is down? All right. If you, okay, again, I I think I can poke a hole in that argument. If you were to ask me on the street, walking down the street, if I'm a core NFL fan, my answer would be yes. But I'm probably not. I don't know, dude. You follow closely. You you follow multiple teams. You gamble on it. I bet on it. I think that speaks to my personality more than it does to my fandom. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, but you bet on this more than anything else. It seems like it is my favorite sport to watch and bet on. That is true. So you watch multiple games a week. So maybe games outside of your home market. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's not like you're just like, hey, I'm a Browns fan and I watch the Browns. It's like, no, dude, you're watching multiple games a no, week. No, whatever the big game of the week is, right. I want to see it. That 4.30 game, you're probably tuned in. Now, uh, part of that's job-related, but it's also, I mean, I was doing that before I had this job, too. I was betting on the games before, you know, while I had this job and why I didn't. So, yeah, I, I just think there, there's a way here where if you took it to small market middle America where you're losing fans and they started to feel like you appreciated them, now, all of a sudden, I think you earn back a lot of the stuff you're worried about. And I think David Baker is going to be able to get this done. If we get a, if we get a professional football game here, it's going to be awesome. David Baker is going to be able to get it done because the man is a giant. He's going to pick Roger Goodell up and shake him, and he's going to say, give me a game, you son of a bitch. That guy shook my hand, and I felt like he was shaking my chest. Like, he just moved my whole body. His hands are like catcher's mitts, dude. The guy is a, he does. Just, a, just a mammoth man. He's got mitts for hands, David Baker does, but he's also got big dreams, and it looks like he's, he says, look, there's no guarantee this is going to happen, but we're sitting down, we're talking to people, we're going to try to make this work. Love it. I do. I hope it happens. I do, too. And I hope we're giving you tickets here on Rock 106.9 for that. Another media person has been suspended over tweets.
Everybody thinks it's unfair. Everybody thinks she has the right to say what she wants. I'm going to explain to you why she's sitting on the sideline next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. Right now at the Wakeham Auto Family, they are offering you credit amnesty. Wakeham has a dedicated team of experts devoted to only credit amnesty, helping customers get approved for the loan they need for the car that they want. They know exactly what it takes to get you financed, and everything is explained to you in a clear and easy-to-understand manner with respect throughout the process. That's why they have perfect scores on Google and Facebook, and I can tell you from experience, having bought a car from the Wakeham Auto family, this is absolutely 100% true. They work with 30 lenders, and 90% of those who visit Wakeham stores will drive home in their next vehicle. Again, I did, and I left with a pre-owned Honda Accord, and I'm totally happy with it. Wakeham has a huge inventory on the Wakeham Auto Mile. You can find that at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. With over 1,500 cars to choose from, the right one for you is waiting for you on the Wakeham Auto Mile or can be seen right now at Wakeham.com. Thousands of Stark County residents are driving nicer, newer cars thanks to Credit Amnesty, and you could be next. Head up to the Wakeham Auto Mile so you can do what I did. You can save the Wakeham way. 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. We'll pass out some Vince Neal tickets for you, 845, that show in January at the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there, 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Before we get into this, I need to make a disclaimer. All right. Okay? I, w- I, w- I want to display for everybody where my bias lies. Okay? Because I do have a little bit here. Because I but there's part of me that wants to get this woman's back because I'm absolutely 100% infatuated with her. Now, I don't always agree with her, but I am sexually attracted to Jameel Hill from ESPN. And I've had, and I was just introduced to Jameel Hill from ESPN about a week ago through a um, a mutual friend that we both share. And he's like super tight with her. And so she came into Cleveland for a charity event that he was doing. And I, he was like, hey, will you show up to this? And I was like, absolutely. So he introduces us. And it was, well, first of all, he says to her, this guy loves you, does a morning show in the middle of Trump country, still tells everybody he loves you. All right, you guys get along, and then walks out. I'm just like, uh, uh, okay. So I meet, I meet her, we start talking. Her and I don't agree on everything, but I find her to be interesting, sexy, a talented writer, and there's a lot going on there, so I wanted to hang out with her. Okay. And I still want to hang out with her. Okay. And now, apparently, she's got a couple of weeks where she's got nothing to do, <laughs> so maybe she'll come to Canton and her and I can get it on. Right? I would love that. I would be a big fan of that. But Jameel Hill has been suspended by ESPN. And this is all about the Jerry Jones thing. People were mad. Jerry Jones has, ba- I'll, I'll paraphrase. Basically, if you kneel during the anthem, if you disrespect the flag, we're not going to play, meaning I'm going to bench your ass, right? I, I'm, I'm very curious to know what the rules of the NFL are there. Does he have the authority to do that? Oh, I, my guess is, yeah. Is that, yes, the NFL can allow you to do something, but you work for one particular franchise. I'm guessing. That's speculation on my part On my part there. I, I'm just going to... It's like federal law versus state law, where it's like, you know, yes, Colorado has legal weed, but if the feds decide to come bust it, there's not much argument there. At least that's how I viewed it. I mean, different teams have different rules for showing up to meetings late and stuff like that, right? You can govern your team the way you see fit, unless it's like considered to be egregious, then I think that the NFL steps in. I could be wrong there. I don't know. Okay? I don't know. But so somebody was tweeting at Jameel Hill, talking about Jerry Jones saying, you know, we're going to bench players. And they say, and this guy says to her, you know, they need to test his ass. They need to, like, let Dak and Zeke do it, and I get, I bet he doesn't bench them. 
It's an interesting question. It There's is. some hypocrisy in there, and that and this guy's right about that. Do you think he does? Do we got Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and you know the entire you know Cowboys offensive line? Do I think Jerry does? Yes, because I don't think Jerry's the kind of guy who can make such a public statement, have somebody defy him, and then lose control of his locker room for the next five face. years by not doing what he said out loud. Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. The, the, the counter to that is Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones is that is that he wants to win. He puts winning above everything, and there's a little Getting bit of old. like right. Uh, Only going to have so many years left. Would like to see another ring. Would like to get the ring so not so people. Can can stop with the well jimmy johnson won all that and it, worth noting i mean I, I think jerry jones kind of put himself in this position when you when you when you bring greg hardy into the locker room and it's you know hey this dude's gonna help us win games that's all that matters you're disrespecting some people would say you're disrespecting the country by employing people like that right Fair. there are people who are going to make that argument i'm not necessarily one of them but people would make that argument and i think what greg hardy did was awful by the way right so jameel hill then responds back via this is all twitter and she says, this play works, but you have to do it this way. Instead of not watching the games, how about not patronizing the advertisers who support the Cowboys? You can still watch the game and then do that, right? And she's been suspended for breaking the social media policy of ESPN for this. Um, and people are, and again, this is where people will always, always, always misconstrue the First Amendment argument. She is not protected under the First Amendment. No. Because in here's actually yes she is she said what she said she was allowed to say what she said she 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 publicly said what she said the First Amendment does not protect you from consequences of expressing your First Amendment right it does not protect you from consequences it just means that the state cannot jail you for your opinion is essential again paraphrasing a very complicated thing bringing it all the way down to bedrock all right but that's pretty much what it is I am the biggest Jameel Hill fan there is. But she was going to be suspended for this. She knew she was going to be suspended for this. 100%. Jameel Hill is trying to get Quit bitching about Jameel Hill being suspended and how unfair it is. She got what she wanted. This was her intention. She Because in her mind, and she's right about it, this furthers the conversation down the field. She's looking to be the lightning rod of this. She's looking to be a martyr of this. So she can point out more hypocrisy in this. And also, as a media person who is worked at a place he didn't want to work anymore ncx sometimes you'll do whatever it takes to get let go i've done it i made six figures working that job and tried to get fired every single day because i absolutely hated it i think jamil hill hates working at espn now and is looking for a way out hasn't hasn't the dialogue of espn been recently and the is is it's the most liberal like left-leaning all they want to do is go out there and spew their political beliefs so that would be the perfect place for, for Jameel Hill, right? Right. So uh, why, why is she walking away from the most left-leaning, most most libtard, you know? I think maybe she wants to do something else. This is all me guessing. I don't know. It's not like her and I have conversations about this. Uh, but I'm, I'm just saying that, that there are going to be people that either assume that she wanted to do that, like you said, or that, like, if, if ESPN was really that, if it really was what everyone says it is, why would ESPN come down on her? ESPN came down on her for one simple reason. I said this earlier when NFL players were talking about their platform. What did I say? That no, the game is not your platform. Much like this show is not my platform. This platform belongs to iHeartMedia. It's entrusted to me, but only because I handle it resp- what they view as responsibly. The moment I don't, 
guess what they're going to do? Next man up. Because the platform is owned by iHeartMedia. It is not my platform. So if ESPN, the most liberal you know, BS company on the face of the planet, wouldn't they want their anchors out there saying things like that? Not when she's telling people to avoid advertisers. This is why ESPN suspended her. The same people who advertise with the Cowboys advertise with ESPN. She's essentially telling people to stay away from the, and she knew that. She's been at odds with management of ESPN since they started the six. It goes all the way back to the start of that show when her and her co-host, Michael, didn't like the format that they were trying to do. And this is this has been a long-standing fight. This woman's too smart to have waded in on this on accident. She got suspended on purpose. And I think she was a little self-defeating there when she said, like, oh, well, you can still watch the game, just don't support the brands. It's like, no, if you're going to have a boycott of something, it's both. Like, you can't be like, well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to not watch the NFL anymore, but I'm going to keep watching Browns games or I'm going to, you know, it's just like, no, you have to be right. You have to be uniform across the board. So, like, if, if you are anti uh, well, we need to teach the NFL a lesson. Well, then, yeah, you do need to stop watching NFL games. Yeah, you do need to stop clicking on NFL articles. Yeah, you do need to stop going to the businesses that advertise with the NFL. Because if you if you shorten yourself on any one of those, like, well, I'm not going to watch the game, but I'm still going to read the articles. It's like, dude, you're, you're, you're just defeating. It, it's quicksand there right, at that mo- point. You're moving the line around. And once you start moving goal lines around, they mean absolutely nothing. They mean nothing. She was trying to get suspended, got exactly what she wanted. And I just, like, people think, like, here's why she got suspended. I'll tell you this right now. No media company. I work for one of the most powerful media companies in the world. We have more Facebook followers than anybody else in the world, I'm constantly told in corporate meetings, right? We're one of the most powerful media companies there is. No media company wants a member of their air staff out there telling people to avoid advertisers. She knew what she was doing. If I got on the air today and said avoid advertisers, what do you think is going to happen? Well, gee, those advertisers who pay my bills probably don't want me to be the the, the, the spokesperson, right? Probably don't want me to be that person. Especially after you've been warned about this. I mean, this is the second... it goes back to the Trump thing. And She's been on, yeah, social media watch. She knew she was trying to get in trouble. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with her and her point. Um, I will say that I fully support ESPN in this in the sense of it's their prerogative to do so. Yes. It's, it's their First, right. She's not even fired. Just suspended. Which, by the way, brings up an interesting point. If you want to feel bad for anybody, feel bad for the co-host who's now in bed with her, in business anyway, and is now looking at this going, you know what? Now, I know Michael agrees with her. They agree on everything. It's part of the problem with the show, to be honest with you. Is, But they now he's sitting there going, dude, I just, right? Like, now my show's affected because she did this. Now, I know he agrees with her. He's getting her back in this and that. But yeah. professionally, there's a way to look at it like, uh, you know what? You might want to button this up so we both don't lose money overall. She was trying to get in trouble. Quit taking up for her as if this has been some big, huge piece of injustice. She was doing this so this would happen, so she then has the right and and th- 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 to, to point to it and say, "Look at what they do when you're trying to when you're trying to educate people." She has the cross to die on. Yeah, she's just looking for the hill to die on, and she found it. Believe me, I had a long conversation with her that night I met her. She's had some personal issues behind the scenes like we all do with where we work. We'll pass out those Vince Neal tickets. That happens next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9.
And welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We have a pair of Vince Neal's tickets for his show January up at the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. Proud partner of the Sands Ray Show. So uh, we'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. Fantone, I just did this morning one of the most American things you can do. Okay. I'm a patriot, goddammit. All right, I like it. I did one of the most American things you can do. All right. You know what that was? I have no idea. What'd you do? I shared something without reading it or watching uh, the video. Ah, okay. I shared something and I didn't read it. I didn't I didn't watch the video. I was just like, man, I'm sharing this, right? Okay. All right. And here's why. It was the final trailer for The Last Jedi. Okay. Which apparently premiered last night at halftime during the Monday Night Football game, which nobody was watching because everybody's boycotting. And so I saw the video come down for The Last Jedi, coming out December 15th, I believe, is when that movie will hit the theater. So I shared it at WRQK.com and all of our social media accounts as well. And I did not watch it because I don't want to see stuff I don't want to see. And it's like a two-minute long trailer, and multiple people hit me up this morning. He was like, yo, man, did you watch that? Like, it shows you stuff, and it, like, leads you down this path, and now I know things. And I'm like, well, I don't want to know stuff. Um, that's the second most American thing you can do is not know yeah, things. I don't know. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> that's that's the second most American thing you can do. Um, now don't get me wrong. I think there's been plenty of examples of movies that will give it away. Well, not necessarily give it away, but like every funny part of that movie you saw in the trailer. By the time you go see the movie, you're like, all right, I've laughed at all these jokes. But like, I don't think Star Wars is necessarily going to be like spoiling Star Wars for itself, right? They know not to do that. Well, I mean, let's be honest about what it is. All right, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a bigger Star Wars fan than me. But they're gonna fly around in space. Somebody's gonna whip out a lightsaber. Right. The good guys are gonna win. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, I mean, so like, there's a little bit of that too. But it's like, I don't. But I want to be mystified um, in the theater, like I a ten year old kid. We're talking not about, with a ten year old kid, but like a ten. We're, we're talking about a two and a half movie or two and a half minute movie trailer here from a two and a half hour long movie. I think you could watch it, and you're not gonna have to worry about too much. It's not like you're reading spoilers. I think that's ridiculous. People who like, like, all right, before this movie comes out, I want to know about it. Or before this episode of The Dragon Show comes out, I want to know about it's it. It's called whatever. Game of Thrones. All right. Well, listen, I'm just saying people who want spoilers, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. But people who want that, I, yeah, I don't get that either. My girlfriend watches The Bachelor. Before The Bachelor starts, she already knows everything that happened. Then why like, watch it? I'm like, babe, why do you, why, why you already know this? And she's like, I don't care. I want to know it all. I'm oh, like, all right. I just click play. That looks cool. See? Oh, yeah, why am I watching this right now? I can't wait for this movie. This is now, again, for people who are getting confused about where we are in this series. Where are we? I can't blame you. I can't blame you. Because this is the follow up to the one that came out in 2015, The Force Awakens. Okay. And so that's the one that shows Luke at the end. So the the last one in, in the chronological order? The, 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 you know what I mean? Wait, like, where are we? Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Yes, because this takes place like after like the original like series had like stopped. The, the, like okay. the Force Awakens was the reboot. Okay. Of a New Hope. And now this is like the last. Oh, what's he doing with R two D two? See, like, dude, they're not supposed to be together. Uh, see, I, yeah, I gotta shut this down. I can't do. Dude, I can't watch. I only made it through a minute of it. I can't, dude. I don't. I don't want to know stuff. December fifteenth cannot get here fast enough. You know, I always say, like, there's not a lot... Of, like, yesterday, I was sitting on the couch, I was like, dude, I'm cutting the cord. Like, what am I doing? I don't even watch any of this stuff. I don't even like any of this stuff. What am I doing? And, like, I gotta say, man, even at my age, Star Wars is, like, the one thing that it's, like, for sure, that's gonna get me back into theater. Like, very few things... Like, Phantom and I would talk about movies all the time. Like, yeah, it's probably a Netflixer. 
Like, I want to see Blade Runner in the theater because everybody says it's so visually great that I feel like, ah, big screen, surround sound, probably going to help the experience with that. So I'm probably actually going to go see Blade Runner this afternoon after the show. Kind of want to see that. I don't know why. I was no big lover of the original. As a matter, I tried watching the original like three years ago on HBO. I was like, what is happening in this new one piece looks of turd sweet. movie? The new one looks good, but... It does look good. But like that feels like a theater movie to me. Star Wars feels like a theater movie to me. I'm being asked now if they finally made a if they finally made a Star Wars movie where the dialogue doesn't suck. I'll remind you that it was Empire Strikes Back where Leia yells out, I love you! And Han, the coolest dude in movie history, says, I know. That dialogue doesn't suck. That was badass. Every guy wishes they were that cool. Dialogue in Star Wars sucks. You know, apparently I gotta, I gotta go door-to-door with ass kickings. Apparently that's what's gotta happen now. Dialogue in Star Wars is fine. I don't know what you're talking about. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Some of the most memorable lines of all time came from those movies. What was the line from the from the one where he's talking about the sand being coarse and hot? And I, think I don't was, remember that. One. Oh well, dude, that's the forgettable parts of Star Wars right there. Well, yes, there are some things about it that weren't perfect. Let's send you to see Vince Neil. He's playing Hard Rock Roxino January. We'll take caller fifteen right now at one 243 Seven six two five, and then on the way back, the start of New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. That's next on Rock one hundred six nine. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock one hundred six nine. Hey guys, you got Tuesday now. We normally do like a top forty track, a country track, and then a rock track. Maybe even a local. If you're in a local band, would like to be featured on New Tour Tuesday, send me some stuff. Stansberry at wrqk.com. Include a bio. Make sure the song's edited. I'm not doing legwork to turn you into a star. That's your job. But this week we decided to go full rock, all three in a row there, three fastballs right down the middle, because we're getting new Black Label Society, Event Sevenfold, covering a Pink Floyd song that's already been a hit, so you got to imagine that's going to be pretty good, and then you get new music from Local Boy Turned Good, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, there was just a bunch of rock songs I think we were interested in playing, so it was like, well, let's uh, let's rock it out. I've always been a Black Label fan. I like Zach Wild a lot. I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's a great interview. We'll tell you anything you want to know. Um, and I really like his guitar playing. In This River is a song I've always really, really liked. And he's got a new track out right now called Room of Nightmares. Starts the way you would expect it to. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Angry and pissed. Drinking Budweiser. Smoking Winston's. Step inside where your true self awaits. Find your will and then you'll find your face. Oh, it's nice. I can never get the image of Zach Wilde from Rockstar out of okay. out of my okay. mind. Like every time I see him, he's just got that skull guitar strap and the leather chaps. Every time I think of him now, that's what I immediately think of him and Rockstar. I would assume that's what he's wearing right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. 
know about that. Oh, I thought a phone was ringing in the middle. <laughs> I was like, why, is he have a, why does he have a telephone ringing right now? It's a new black label. This is off of what is being called the Grimmest Hits album. This is like the new track off of off of the greatest. Yeah, hits. because when when an artist is releasing the greatest hits and shouldn't <laughs> normally, the label's like, you know what we need to do here? Let 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 let's get a bonus track on it. The Grimmest Hits. The Grimmest Hits. Now, I know this isn't what he meant, but now I'm just picturing Grimace running around. <laughs> I know, I know that's not what he meant, but. He loves his guitar, Zach Wilde does. He, he, he loves playing it and showing you how good he is. Um, I do like... Even though it's obviously metal, I do like the bluesiness of what he does. Oh, usually. yeah, I there's do, a too. Little, there's that influence yeah. in it that you can always tell. Like, that must be what he listened to like when he grew old up. old-style rock and roll, a yep. little bit there. You know, people have often asked me, is he the second best guitar player that played with Ozzy in Ozzy's band? Because, you know, Randy was amazing. Right. Randy was something else. Um, and I really do think Randy Rhodes was special, um, taken from us way too early. I forget the other guy's name that was in that in Ozzy's band for like a five year stretch, like three four album stretch that was pretty good. But Zach's pretty damn good, man. This is new one, Room of Nightmares, off the grimmest hits. Room of Nightmares. I I can't wait to look up what's on the other grimmest hits of black label society i'm interested to get the uh to see the track listing on that one um is that i mean that, that was it be, should be an ep uh, <laughs> not, not, it. not a full album fan don't give me the uh, give me the vote there on the <laughs> it's half a turn um everything was kind of there that you wanted to be but it didn't like it didn't feel special to me at all it just kind of felt like another song that i don't really care about you know what i mean like it was okay this but... is how long ago it's been but the last time i heard black label where i was like Damn, that's getting me pumped up. Was stillborn like that's how? Which was what? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe. I was gonna say ten years, if not it's, close. It's got to be every bit of that. It's got to be two thousand nine because I remember playing it when I did when I did nights um, seven to midnight. So like I remember that. So it's like right around then. Um, yeah, I'm gonna vote half a turn on that one as well. <laughs> it's half a turn. I wanted I, I wanted Black Label to be better than that. We have Event Sevenfold covering Pink Floyd. That's next on New Tour Tuesday. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever! And welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Already played you the new Black Label Society for New Tour Tuesday. That was called Room of Nightmares. Fantone and I both agreed half a turd on that yeah. one. Very interested to hear this next track, as it's from a band I really, really like. 
Avenged Sevenfold. However, I did like them better the first time around when they were called Iron Maiden. But Avenged Sevenfold has covered Pink Floyd, another band I like, and here's Wish You Were Here. You know, people. here's what's interesting, Phantom, is people, and I'm one of these people, will bash Five Finger Death Punch for their covers, Okay. and yet I bet this gets celebrated. Um, I'm just going to guess. I haven't okay. heard it yet, right. but I'm going to guess. It's weird with covers. I mean, some do get celebrated. Others get like treated like garbage. I mean, what was that? Um, it was earlier this year we did a cover song. And I was disturbed, and everybody was like, oh, my God. The Sound, the of, sound silence. of Silence. Which was awful. The song sucked. That was awful. Even like even like top 40 stations were like, oh, my God, it's such a moving piece of art. Like, Clickbait. All this is doing is reminding me how slow music was in the 70s. Right. Like, get to it already. Music was slow. The weed sucked. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's true. time, dude. Screw time machines. Yeah, I was born in the wrong era. Yeah, those dentists are terrible. God forbid those. Here we go. Come on now. Any All minute right. now. And. So, so you think you can tell. Oh. Heaven from hell. Blue skies from pain. Can you tell a green field from a gold steel rail? It's a very hard thing to make a cover and not have it sound karaoke oh yeah 100%. that's very very hard to do especially a legendary i mean this is pink floyd's song this is the one i mean everybody kind of knows from them God, does this sound karaoke, dude? The music sounds like it's like half-assed. You know what I'm saying? Like those karaoke tracks are where it's not the actual instrumental tracks. It's just like, hey, here's studio musicians kind of fumbling through it. Hey, Guitar Hero. Right, exactly. And then, <laughs> it does sound like this that. dude just sounds like some drunk idiot at the bar, man. Some dude pissed that his band never made it, so he goes up and sings karaoke three times a week. Ugh. I hate karaoke, bro. Hate it. Oh, it's my least favorite. I tell, dude, I say it all the time. You want to keep me out of your bar? Let amateur sing in it. And, dude, I'm telling you, I'm not coming. Not interested. This is one of those things that if I'm at an event sevenfold concert, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're doing that. I'm not sure I need it recorded. Jeez. It's not a great singer. No. And at least, dude, pick a song that plays to your strengths. 
Like, if you're Avenged Sevenfold, like, pick a Floyd song that's a little bit more up-tempo, a little bit more rock and roll, a little Young bit, Young Lust? You know, yeah. Young Lust like would have been a good choice, yeah. Something like that, where you can, like, put your stamp on it and make it sound right, where this, once again, it's just, it's, it's this, karaoke. This isn't who you are. You're shredding solos, dual guitars, loud, aggressive. This isn't who you are. somewhere else right now. I wish Pink Floyd was here. Right. Get him in. <laughs> That's what I wish now. This seems like a pretty weird time in their career to be doing this as a band who's not historically been known for it, at least not that I know of. Like, Disturbs always put a, right. a, you know, like a cover track on their albums. It's just what they do. Metallica, same way. Often they have a, have a slew of cover songs where it's like... I like original Metallica, man. Like, kill them all where half that record was stolen and not theirs. Right. I mean, there's been there's been plenty of examples <laughs> right. of bands who have made their bones kind of, you know, doing that. And you're right. Event Sevenfold, not that band. I wonder if maybe they're coming out with, like, a covers album or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I maybe mean, that's what I, this was Probably happening. a little bit of, like, dude, we should write another album. Well, dude, I don't have anything to write about. Do you? No. Yeah. I, don't, I can't make a new song either. You know, let's do a covers album. I mean, my name's M. Shadows. How much <laughs> How much stuff do you think is in the pen? They are good, though. And they were total dicks to me when I interviewed them, and I still kind of like them. That's how you know I'm telling you the truth. Like, they're pretty good. Event Sevenfold is. They were such ass clowns to me when I interviewed them at, like, OzFest, I think it was. Yeah, they, recently they've covered... Uh, Mr. Bungle. They've oh, cool. I the, bet that is good. They've covered the Beach Boys. They've covered Del Shannon. Really? Yeah, so I bet you they're coming out with a. Uh, yeah, a must album. be. They, they, that must be what's going on. Del Shannon, huh? Runaway? Indeed. Yeah, I figured. I mean, what else? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the big Del Shannon. Yeah, given the band that they're covering and given the band that's doing it, I thought this was going to be a lot better than this. I really did. Devin writes in and says, man, I was totally pumped for this when you were talking about it, and now I'm hearing it, and I'm less pumped about it. Welcome to the Stansberry Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's pretty much our, uh, it's our logo there. Then uh, I heard it. I wasn't so pumped anymore. Yeah, why is everybody telling me this is good? It's terrible. Let's finish that off there. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and Trail, dying a slow death. Phantom, give me the official vote there on Event Sevenfold. 
It's not turn. Um, no real purpose for that song. I, I, I they didn't stamp it as their own. They didn't cover it like the way you know it wasn't a true to the heart like, hey, we're gonna try to sound exactly like Pink Floyd. So it was just somewhere in the middle there. And uh, one, like I said, man, that that did not showcase any of their strengths as a band. I don't think Avenged Sevenfold sucks, but that song sucked. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm of the belief that if you're gonna do a cover, do it exactly the same or make it way different. And that's the best way to do those. I didn't get either one of those there out of Avenged Sevenfold. His voice can't carry the song. I'm going to vote Turd on Wish You Were Here, covered by Avenged Sevenfold. It's a turd. We do have one more for you. It's brand new Marilyn Manson. The song is called Kill For Me. That's next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Already played you in the new Black Label Society room, full, uh, room of Nightmares. Not good. Voted Turd on that one. Avenged Sevenfold, Wish You Were Here, Not Good, voted turd on that one. And now we have a new song here from Marilyn Manson, and I'm surprised by this. Because I haven't heard it yet, but the name of it, the title of it, I find to be strange for a guy. And I'm like, I say this and people think I'm kidding, but I was there for it. Like, dude, they blamed Columbine on Marilyn Manson. They said it was his music that did this. It was it was like his music and violent video games is what did this. It's amazing. Now we're changing the enemy on on those crimes now. But it was Marilyn Manson. Like it was the music that made you evil and made you want to kill people. And now Marilyn Manson's new song is called Kill For Me. And I find that interesting. He was definitely the most dangerous singing music at the time. Oh, I for mean, sure he I can, was. I can remember 1999 like By it was design, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I honestly think that he's trying to reestablish himself as that. That's why he's talking about smoking bones and, and human bones or whatever. There is nobody that's doing that right now. Right. There is no like, oh my God, my parents have to be afraid of them. I'm normally a Manson fan. I want to like this. So am I. It sounds cool to start. Doesn't necessarily sound traditional, Marilyn Manson, but this grab a gold switch blade, make us a blood pack, babe, to love and to and to only see ourselves and remember this. He's a cool voice. Yeah, he does. Okay, like you don't think this ends with Marilyn Manson in a courtroom having to testify in two years? I think you're nuts. Um, it, it's interesting to, to note that he said something about a hotel in there, and then it goes right into kill, kill, kill for me. And obviously, he didn't know that Las Vegas was going to happen when he was writing that song. Oh, good point. But, but, but I'm not. I'm surprised that Warner Brothers or whoever's putting this record out isn't like, yo, bro, we got to wait a little. Yeah, bit they edited one. some scenes from from a TV show the other night because of that v- uh, American thing. Horror Story. And dude, yeah. I don't get that. I mean, I understand that, like, well, something terrible just happened, but something terrible happens. All the time in America, we well, you know what it is is that you know entertainment outlets will focus on the things that that Americans like actually care about, right? And they actually cared about Las Vegas. They did. Like it was one of those things where it's like, oh well, th- this one we're going to pay attention to, Soon. and so the, they react to that. 
hear the influence of like new wave music on Marilyn oh, Manson. God, yeah. I mean, this this could be a car song. You he, know what I'm saying? Like he this, and Trent both. Right. Like they both just love that stuff. Yeah, I mean that's what made Manson great, I think, is that it, it was it's enough Alice Cooper and enough cars mm-hmm. to where the songs are catchy. But the imagery is right on. Right. And then you throw some aggression on top of that, and you crunch everything up, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, Manson, he's such an artist. And Make you like, 16 nah. and pissed <laughs> at the entire world, and he's the perfect artist for you, right? Would you drag him to the shed and unload six rounds in the f***ing face? This is a sacrifice. I was hoping for a little bit more during the chorus, like disposable teens, like when that song was kind of slow, melodic like that, and then in the chorus, they, like he would like really ramp into it. Deep Six was very much the same way, a little like kind of melodic, and then in the chorus, he breaks in and gets a little bit more aggressive. I was kind of hoping for that out of this. I'm not getting it. Disposable teens was so good. Yeah, if he was younger, that would be more aggressive. Oh, I think so, yeah. Probably he's just old now and doesn't have the same capability. Might not have the vocal, right? Might not have the chords. to Glen Oak right there. The weird dude. Having interviewed him, he's a weird dude. I wonder how much of it was like genuinely weird and then how much of it was like, dude, I got to embrace this character. I think this he, is how I make my millions. And you probably lose yourself in that character. I think it's a little bit of both though because I think that's how you get the right. character, right. you know what it's I mean? Gotta be, it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a blank, you know, like a blank canvas, and that he painted with Marilyn Manson. And yeah, I do believe that there's some being trapped in it this long, probably too. Yeah, I wanted more like blood pumping from out of Marilyn Manson, maybe for me.
attention always for results Who are you going to cross? There's new Marilyn Manson. Kill for me is the name of the song. Fans, don't give me the vote there. Not a turd! Expectations are your key to happiness right there. And I had pretty low expectations of Marilyn Manson. All I wanted that song to be in 2017 was, well, would it sound good if I was having a Halloween party or if I was having BDSM sex? And the answer was yes. So I'm going to go with not a turd there. I'll see. For me, if I was in the middle of kinky sex, that's too slow. It's too, it's, it's, yeah, it was not the right song for me. I feel like, honestly, I'm going the way opposite way. That's a turd. It's a turd. Yeah, New Maryland Manson, big old swing and a miss there. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Pick up the podcast shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. We do have a pair of tickets for the Gould Brothers uh, Haunted House, though. We'll pass those out here right now. We'll take caller 10, 1-800-243-7625 on those and be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.